<laughs> Secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bobby. Hi, Bo. Hey, Bo. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Is he sniffing the microphone? <laughs> that is him sniffing the microphone. That's as much as we're going to get out of him. I can't make him make that sound. <laughs> yeah, he makes a weird sound if you if you rub his like chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Bob. Right, Booby. He's gonna eat that. Could you hear careful. him sniffing? Yes. <laughs> Bo is our new podcast co-host. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy something. Yeah. Sorry, I am... (laughs) It's finals week. I'm going through it. (laughs) Yeah, it's also late. It's also 9.20 when we're we're recording this. Yeah. And I'm still getting notifications as people finish their finals. Why are you getting notifications on that? Because I have absolutely no separation of work and any other part of my life. Even even I do a better job of separating work and not work. Have you met me? Yeah, have you met me? Do you perceive me? <laughs> I would very much like to not be perceived. <laughs> that was that's been me all day. It has been you all day. No, I'm sorry, that's been me all afternoon. Cuz we got to go to consignment stores. <laughs> Sorry, anyone that knows me that listens to this knows that that's, like, something I would love doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trying to buy every pottery bowl possible. I did try to buy every pottery bowl possible, and I don't know why. That's just, I guess that's just who I am as a person right now. Oh, Lord. Okay, well, I don't even know where we start. I don't know. And I don't even know who starts. Um, oh, Lord. I think you start, maybe. Is it me this time? Yes. I don't actually have. It's going to be you. It's going to be me regardless. Say it. Say it. I know you want to say it. It's going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) From a trained singer, that sounded really stupid. this day we also like have no true theme for this episode yeah, this is just a straight creepy campus let's find a fun college ghost story uh, yeah this was episode eight thanks for listening to us at all we are thankful <laughs> that you're listening i'm really thankful and i'm really thankful for people for tagging us recently and yeah. stuff that's been really really cool to see people listening especially people from like my personal life mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's Good, but also it makes me go, oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> Except I'm not talking on here any differently than I would in real life. Yeah, it's pretty much a stream of consciousness with you, I feel like. Everything is. Yeah, there's no filter there. There is a there is a good filter on this podcast, actually. There is, because we would... Uh, I don't want to have to rate it explicit, I because like, I keep yeah. dropping... Parental advisory. <laughs> not filtered. Um. Yeah, oh, well... The thing is, people know me that know me in real life know that there are places and ways that I know to be 
family friendly? Family friendly, yeah. Because I mean, I do run a children's theater in the summer, so like, <laughs> I I can be family friendly. I'm just not generally the most family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Every student that's ever you're, had me is like, uh, you're like the waiter at like a TGI Fridays with like full tattoo sleeves. <laughs> Who that you is know is just me. like faking that customer service voice. <laughs> Can I say it? No. <laughs> Why not? No. Can I say it? <laughs> say it. <laughs> okay. Ooh, what was it? Hi, welcome to Sonic. This is Jeremy. What can I get for you today? <laughs> oh, or hi. This is Jeremy Coyd, Associate Artistic Director for Theater Fest, the summer theater at Lindsay Wilson College. <laughs> Okay, now that my my not real voice is, is done. Oof. Have you ever met that human? The I, one who said either of those things just now? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I think we're all going crazy right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so if I'm starting today for this like hodgepodge of an episode... Mm-hmm. We're actually, it's, it's like a smorgas- It's like a Thanksgiving smorgasbord of stories. A cornucopia, if you will. <laughs> it is. It is a horn of plenty of ghosts. Oh, I don't like that word. What? <laughs> I don't know why, but that phrase was just real weird. <laughs> um, but we are going down to uh, one of my favorite states, which is uh, weird that I call North it North Carolina. We're going to North Carolina. <laughs> it's your favorite state. Other than like being here. Like, well, we're not a questionable. State. We're a commonwealth. You're right. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> what are the other commonwealths? Oh, I don't have a clue. I've been asked this before and I do not know. Do you? Yeah. Why do you know that? It's common knowledge. It is not common knowledge. And yeah. I was raised in Kentucky. I took Kentucky. Do not Google it. You're, do not you're Google it. Second, you're making me second Douglas guess Douglas Allen Tate. So do on. not Google that. All right. I know two of them are Boston, or Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. I believe Virginia may also be considered a commonwealth, and I need to check that before I say it on record. It is. So there are four commonwealth states, Massachusetts, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Let the record show that he Googled it. I already knew it before I Googled it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, anyway, we're going to North Carolina, and we are going to actually the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, or what I would just call UNC Chapel Hill. Right. Um, a go lot Tar of people Hills. go Tar Hills, like they call it. A lot of people call it. I have friends that went to school there, and they call it Carolina. Uh, some people call it going to school at Chapel Hill. So it's it's kind of like the catch-all for that. It's the flagship of the UNC system, isn't and it? that's in here. <laughs> uh, it is a public research university in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and it is the flagship of the University of North Carolina system. And here's a really interesting thing: I didn't realize this. It's considered to be a public Ivy. That makes sense. Because it is a public institution which offers an academic experience equivalent to an Ivy League university. I think a large portion of the state flagships are considered public Ivies. Really? Because I know like University of Michigan is, Michigan State is, uh, University of of Wisconsin is, I learned last week. Oh, that's right. You did say that. Yeah. I think a large portion of the R1 state flagships, high research level, like they're considered public ivies well i think that's really interesting because it (laughs) i say this because i can i can say i was rejected by an ivy (laughs) i i tried to go to school there for my mfa (laughs) 
I tried to get into their acting program, and it is not easy, people. It is hard. And I remember getting that email back from the guy, like, weeks after my audition, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I should have expected that. <laughs> but they were super nice. But anyway, so the basic background of it is that after being chartered in 1789, the university first began enrolling students in 1795, making it one of the oldest public universities in the United States. Oh. And among the claimants for like public univer- oldest public universities, mm-hmm. UNC at Chapel Hill is the only one to have held classes and graduated students as a public university in the 18th century. Okay. So it's very old, and that's going to play into a Bo is so confused. <laughs> yeah, so we're recording this episode on the floor of my living room, and Bo is like, why are you on the floor? What's going on? <laughs> He's so confused, because he also hears us talking. Yes. Um, but that's going to play into the story that we're going to talk about today, because it goes back pretty far. Um, and a lot of this comes directly from their website, so they are very they are very open about this conversation. Okay. <laughs> but um, let's just get into it. We're going to be talking about the Grimgul Castle. Have you ever heard of this? I, I think not. I've seen this castle, and I did not know it was like a a thing. All, all I heard <laughs> when you said Grimgul, is that how you pronounced it? Yeah, I think that's how you say I it. I don't know why my mind went Gargamel from the Smurfs. <laughs> Gargamel. <laughs> the younger listeners have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> No, there was that awful Smurfs movie a few years ago. That wasn't awful. I really enjoyed that. Okay. It had good music. It was like a step above the Trolls movie, I'm pretty sure. So. Oh, wait. I am talking about you're the talking Trolls about, movie. You're talking about the Trolls movie. <laughs> the Smurf movie was like live action animation mixed. Oh, you're right. And it was bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Take that back. I could cut that out, but I'm not going to. I don't want to have to do it. So anyway, so the Grimgul Castle is what we're going to talk about. And it is just to the east of campus. It sits like right on the edge there. Uh, the castle and its surrounding area located at the end of Grimgul Ro- Road. <laughs> that is so hard to say. <laughs> um, has long inspired rumor among students and residents alike. So if you ask any Carolina student about the castle, most would tell you the story of Peter Dromgul. These are really hard names. These are are they trying to develop a tongue teaser? I guess, and and I have issues with the letter L as it is, so I'm not into this. Um, but if they tell you about Peter Dromgul, the question is, who is he? What happened to him? Why do we care? Right. So let's see. As told by the UNC Graduate School, legend has it that Peter Dromgul, a student who enrolled at the university in 1833 which there are contesting reports of this. Some mm-hmm. say that he didn't actually get in. He failed. Oh. So there's there's question there. But um, Peter Dromgul fell in love with a local woman known as Miss Fanny. <laughs> okay. However, Peter was not the only student entranced by Miss Fanny, as there was another student jealously vying for her love. Bum, bum, bum. Always. <laughs> uh, in the spirit of the times, Peter and his challenging suitor, remember it's 1833, decided to settle the matter with a pistol duel. Don't say it. Okay, say it. 
What? I thought you were going to say something about them going to New Jersey instead. Oh, I, I did wonder if they were going to have to go to New Jersey, but... No, it's North Carolina. Why not just stay? <laughs> yeah, everything's legal there, too. Okay, so the two met one night near the present-day Grimgul Castle, and Peter lost the duel. Oh, no. Badly. He died on a rock, permanently staining that rock with his blood. And the duel's winner and panicking witnesses used that very rock to cover the shallow grave that they quickly dug for Peter's body. So duels were not legal in North Carolina. No. But when does it ever stop people, right? (laughs) So Fanny heard of the duel and returned to the, the very site each day, wondering where her missing Peter had gone. They didn't tell her obviously because they didn't want to admit that they were like accomplices in murdering him well i don't know if they would be accomplices in murder as much as like aiding and abetting abetting or like disturbing a dead body (laughs) so that could be a weird part of it obstruction ew (laughs) it is it's obstruction um but it is said that she died of a broken heart as she waited for her murdered lover to return now, another version of the story shares that Fanny arrived just as Peter was shot, only to have him die in her loving arms, his blood staining her nightclothes and the same rock. So whatever way you tell it, you know that Fanny was actually in love with Peter in Aww. this in this story, which is, is kind of nice, except that <laughs> the fact that you had to duel for someone, yeah, and she didn't just get to say, hey, can one of you just go away? Go away. <laughs> consent people like it's it's really important like why are we even questioning this (laughs) so supposedly visitors can still visit this very rock and see those strange blood red stains and while the story is fiction ish ish uh peter drumgul was a real person okay now this is where we get that like questionable situation of did he actually go to the school? Because there's report that he failed his exams, like his entrance exams, mm-hmm. and didn't get into the school and fled to Europe. And then the person that actually died in a duel was his uncle, George Drongol. Or I'm sorry, his uncle survived, but the person that he shot died. So there's a question there, but either way, the story still stands that you can still see blood on that rock. So if it's not Peter Drongol, how did it get there? Right? So this is still one of Carolina's most popular legends, Mm -hmm. um, and it's encouraged the creation of the university's most popular secret society. Oh, boy. The Order of Grimgul. That sounds so made up. A little bit. And it actually reminds me a lot of... Do you remember when I was watching that show, The Order? I think it was called The Order um, on Netflix. Yeah. Was it called The Order? It was like The Order. Or The Society or or something like that. It reminds me so much about it. I think it was The Order, but I think there is a show called The Society. No, I... One of them got canceled, and I didn't watch that one. And then the other one didn't get canceled, and I watched it. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. So, according to Carolina's Virtual Museum of University History, in 1889, five undergraduate students founded the Order of Grimgul after hearing the university president, Kemp Battle, share Peter Dromgul's story. The students named their newfound society the Order of Dromgul in Peter's honor, later shortening it to Gromgul instead of Dromgul. So, they're not even spelled the same, but phonetically they come out the same. 
So the organization is said to claim certain noted Carolina alumni along with its members. These are people that have gone on to do really successful and important things. Now, I don't have definitive proof that that happened. I don't have definitive proof that any of this is real. (laughs) But everything that I could find said that when you're walking around there at night, where is this other story? Okay, yes. Okay. Um, I have one more story about the dr- the the, the Grimgul Castle. <laughs> so did the order build the castle? No, the order was just a bunch of students who saw the castle. The castle took about 4 to 6 years to be built actually. Okay. So it, it's weird, but what I did find uh from the Daily Tar Hill was this like personal anecdote. And it said that senior and former Daily Tar Hill staff member Molly Horak names had her own creepy tale about the side of Grimgul on Halloween night her sophomore year Horak and friends wandered around to the Grimgul castle after walking through Franklin Street and I I know where that is but I know most people won't (laughs) so they were walking around and she says we didn't really see anything or hear anybody but then all the lights in the castle turned on and we heard er organ music playing sort of like phantom of the opera kind of music we sprinted out of there but we didn't see a single person in the castle or outside of the castle so where did it come from we ran away as fast as we could to get out of that place so that's not the only story but that's what we're kind of finding at this location is that uh lights come on there's the rock that you can still see stained with blood all this stuff Mm -hmm. Is it real? Is it not real? Is it just this made-up story? I don't I don't have a definitive answer for it, but all I know is that people still talk about it and that it is a really, really beautiful castle. Like, hold on, I'm gonna turn my I'm gonna make a bunch of noise to turn this around and show you. That's just that's a full-on castle. That, it's a full-on castle whoa, in whoa, North whoa, Carolina. Whoa, 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 wait, let me see that again. That looks familiar. And in I'm, that I'm gonna make a statement i don't know this to be fact this is gonna be very random but back okay. during quarantine watched a bunch or several of the alex cross movies on Netflix. oh yeah yeah we did um it looks like i think it was used as a set in one of those it looks like well yeah i mean i don't i think it was along came came a spider was there a castle in that one well remember they were like in a like dungeon in the middle of the woods or something Oh, you're right. There was like a castle or something on top of it. Which... I'm getting the similar vibes from that anyway. You know, I didn't even think about it, but it wouldn't shock me, and here's why. North Carolina used to be a huge filming state. Yeah. Like, you used to see everything filmed in North Carolina. They were given all those tax breaks. All the tax breaks, which was beautiful because it brought in so much business. That's what Georgia does now. That's what Georgia does now because uh, North Carolina screwed it up. I won't get into that. I worked in theater there. I remember I worked in theater there the year that all that started. <laughs> Doug's like, I'm gonna stay out of it. But my mouth shut. My mouth is never shut. Oh, we would only be so blessed. We wouldn't have a podcast. Sure. Anyway, that's the story of Gr- the Grimgold Castle. And so what we know is that it's haunted. Someone died there, most likely. And that there's an order created at, from it. That is a weird mashup of things that would only happen at a large university. That would only happen at 
in my mind, would only happen at somewhere like UNC. Yeah, like a big... A really, really big university. Yeah. The ambiguity is necessary. Yeah, well, the, the, the anonymity of things and, like, the ability for it to just kind of, like, maybe this happened, maybe it didn't. Yeah, I mean, imagine a school as small as, like, the one where you work at. <laughs> you said it like I've never said it on this podcast, right, but yes. but imagine a school as small as that trying to have a secret society. Oh, God. No, absolutely. You can't even... <laughs> I mean, when I was in college, you couldn't even keep a secret there. It's like it's like a thing about like Harry Potter and Hogwarts. Like, well, what happened is totally a secret. So, of course, everyone knows. So everyone knows. And that's kind of how, how it was like going to school where I went. Because it was like... I mean, we knew everybody's business. Yeah. And you didn't. You probably didn't know that here. No, because you didn't know everybody. Oh, God, I knew everyone. Yeah. They called me the mayor. Like, a bunch of people decided my freshman year that I was the mayor of our class. Because I just, I didn't care, and I would talk to everyone. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> I'm getting attacked on this podcast right now. Yeah. That's not nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell your story. <laughs> Where's it from? All right. So, Wells College Ooh. is a private liberal arts college in Aurora, New York. Um, the college has a cross enrollment with Cornell and Ithaca. Cross enrollment is where you can take classes at yeah. different institutions. Yeah, I knew um, what that meant. I was just like kind of confused as to. Yeah. So. Um, Wells is located in the Finger Lakes region of New York. It's about an hour from Syracuse and Rochester and a half hour drive from both Ithaca and Auburn. Um, it was established as a women's college in 1868 by Henry Wells, founder of Wells Fargo and American Express. Oh, okay. That's why I've heard of this college. Yes. Um, Wells had the building for the Wells Seminary. So Henry Wells had the building for the Wells Seminary constructed on the property he donated after 136 years as a women co women's college, Wells announced on October 2nd, 2004, it would become a co-educational institution in 2005. Oh, wow. That's not that long ago. It is not. Um, evidently, a bunch of students were not happy about it. There were lots of protests. About letting women go to school there or letting men go to school there? Letting or? men go to school there. So I mean, the I get it, but also, like, be co-ed. Just let everyone go to school. Yeah. Um... The college has an average student body of 450, with the student-to-faculty ratio of 9 to 1. But will you please stop sniffing that microphone? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could stop giving it to him. Oh my gosh. Jeremy's over here trying to take a picture for the gram. And I'm trying to read my story. Um, Keep going. I'm, I'm listening. I'm just yeah. taking a picture. So, Wells has five residence halls and seven academic buildings seven academic buildings so not a huge school by any means um but wells is consistently ranked though as one of the most haunted colleges in america um, Ooh. yeah having several several consistent stories from across campus um and wells is definitely one of the schools that's definitely has like leaned into the ghost stories the ghost stories um so the university librarians have started an official archive of ghost stories Ooh. Yeah. um they do make a point though of um so a lot of what i'm talking about today is pulled from the wells university website um but the librarians are very clear in stating that there is no further documentation to prove or deny any of these stories 
Yeah, I mean, they have to do that. So it's pure or- oral histories. But, which is which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, but since Wells is considered one of the most haunted college campuses, it felt wrong to just do one story, so I'm going to do two stories. Ooh. Um, so the first story is the legend of the security guard of Morgan Hall. I think I saw this when I was looking for stories last week. Might be. It's or a, maybe this week. I don't know. It's a very common... It seems to be a common one. Um, so Morgan Hall houses the Wells Art Department. Um, so the building, so Morgan Hall contains photo labs, um, an art history archive. There is a full-on print shop. Ooh, oh so my gosh, they have that a sounds co- awesome. So you can take classes in book arts. Oh, you can also take a class where you letterpress your own diploma. I, I, I would love to have pressed my own diploma. That right? sounds so cool. Right? <laughs> um... Anyway, so the legend says, many years ago, there was a fire in the building where Morgan Hall now stands. A security guard, trying to get everyone out of the building, was forced to push some students down the stairs who weren't moving fast enough. So this Wait, he pushed them? Yes. I have issues. <laughs> yes. So he was trying to get everyone out of the building. People, I guess, just weren't moving fast enough or... Who knows what, but he just pushed some students down the stairs. Um, all students made it out of the building, but unfortunately the security guard did not. Even the kids he pushed made it out? Yep. Oh, so I, don't, all I, don't, I don't hate him anymore. So all the students survived, <laughs> but unfortunately um, the security guard did not. Um, his name is, he's known as Max. What, was that his actual name or did they just call him that? Well, so sometimes students feel a push from behind when walking down the stairs of Morgan Hall. Those feel a gentle nudge. Absolutely not. Um, so it said that Max was just hurrying them on their way to class. Mm, I don't like being. I don't, I don't like being touched in general without like my knowledge. Without consent. <laughs> without consent, I don't like to be touched. But oh no 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 about that. So, um, but Max isn't only hasn't only been felt on the staircase. So, um, a political science major was once studying in the library of Morgan Hall. Um, it was very late when she was finished, and she wanted an escort back to her residence hall. Naturally. Yep, so she called... No issues. She called campus security, and before she could even turn around after calling, a security guard was standing in front of her. Oh. That was fast, she said, but she didn't receive an answer. Instead, the security guard approached her and proceeded, to her utter disbelief, to walk right through her. He disappeared, never to be seen again. She, however, did not fare so well, refusing to set foot in Morgan Hall ever again. I mean, would you? No. No. Um, Now, remember how I said the university library website said they couldn't find any other documentation to support these stories? Mm Mm-hmm. I was able to find a post on (laughs) unexplainedmysteries.com. Of a former Wells College student who lived in a building across from Morgan Hall. Oh, so they could see it. Yeah. So this room had a window. So I'm reading directly from their post. This room had a window which looked out into one onto one of the main arts buildings, Morgan Hall, that was also haunted. And on several occasions, both my roommate and I and several other people whose rooms faced the same building saw shadows moving around in the top floor of the building after security had come by and closed it for the night. It was locked tightly since there was a lot of computers, letterpress, and photography equipment stored there. 
as it should be. Yeah, you actually have to have special permission to access the building after dark. Or after 11 p.m., I'm sorry. The student um, went on to say, The few times I was in Morgan alone on the top floor, it felt very oppressive and eerie, especially on the stairs. I don't like the word oppressive for that. Right. That's not good. Nearly everyone who I've talked to had need, who had needed to be in the building alone felt the same way, and people would always go to use the Photoshop lab on that floor in groups if they could. I found out later of the ghost of the security guard who supposedly haunts the floor. I don't... Okay, so there's part of me that thinks that Max is, like, is helpful and mm -hmm. does, like, want the best for these students. But then there's another part of me that's, like, no. he It feels creepy. I don't like it. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> he's not communicating in any effective way. He's and and we, we've seen through these other stories that, like, there have been communication in different ways. But, like, <sighs> he's just pushing. Max is a pusher. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um... So yeah, that is one of the common stories associated with Wells College. Um, so the other one I'm going to tell today. Let's say you said you had more. I did. Um, so it's the story of the Red Door. Isn't that from a show? Isn't that from... It reminded me of something I have, like, scary stories to tell in the dark. Red Door. There's a Red Door in something. Well, Shining is Red Room. Like, in the Shining, it's oh, Red you Room. you know what I'm thinking of. <laughs> You remember how I watched all of the originals during quarantine? Sure, yes. <laughs> one of the one of the characters, Elijah, has like locked away a bunch of memories because it's like it's a it's a red door. It's a part of his personality, and that it's the red door is not a good sign. Okay. The whole point is well, and neither is it here. <laughs> yeah, it, and that's what I was hoping is that I was on the right track. Um. So, during one particularly snowy, cold, harsh winter, remember this is like upstate New York, Oof. the Wells College campus was hit hard by a terrible academic epidemic of influenza. Big oof. Yep. Big current oof. A large number of the students fell ill, and the weather prevented them from leaving campus. A small hospital was set up on the fourth floor of the college's main building, which is now a residence hall. The six students were quarantined and a number of kind nurses stood watch over them, doing everything they possibly could to ease their suffering. Unfortunately, many of the students died, and there was no place to store their bodies in the dead of winter. A room on the same floor was made into a temporary morgue, and their bodies were kept there until their families could make funeral arrangements. The door to this room was painted red, so no one would accidentally wander into their resting place. After the epidemic, the door was repainted, and the fourth floor was made habitable again. Within a few weeks, however, the red paint bled through the other color as a testimonial to what had happened to the women who had died. Because the main building was has been redecorated since this ghostly happening, no one knows which fourth floor room in particular served as the morgue. The location, however, is the subject of great speculation. Many brave first-year students have been known to wander the fourth floor looking for signs of red paint. Ooh. That one, that one got me. I don't... <laughs> So, here's the reason why, even though it seems a little timely to talk about, um, is because of how many stories are associated with main building or yeah. main hall. Mm -hmm. um, so, our friend from unexplainedmysteries.com. Oh, okay. I was like, our friend? Who? <laughs> so, if you remember, he lived in a, or they lived in a room that looked out onto Morgan Hall. Right, across from it. That was from main hall. Oh, 
Oof. The whole area of the floor in which I had lived had been an infirmary and several students had died and supposedly haunted that area, especially the room I lived in. Oh no. Though I didn't find that out until the year after, luckily. We did have a lot of weird things happen in our room, though. Our door would open and close on its own, including, sometimes, on command. As would the doors of the wardrobes. We didn't have closets. They had, like, movable wardrobes. Yeah. At one point, the room door was just swinging back and forth. We had left it propped open with a rock for airflow, independent of breezes coming in through the window. So this door was just flapping around. Uh. It was actually getting annoying as the door creaked a little bit, and my roommate said something along the lines of, I wish that would stop, it's driving me nuts. And then right then, the door slammed shut, knocking the rock out into the hallway. So either there's a ghost in your room, or your roommate's a witch. (laughs) In any case, I'm not liking the situation. Things would also disappear for hours, even days at a time, and we'd have to ask for them to come back before we could find them again. Wait, they would ask for the ghosts to come back? No, they'd ask for their things to come back. Oh, oh. Why did I... I heard that wrong. (laughs) I was like, why are you asking? Hold that thought, though. Oh, God. Please tell me they didn't. No. Okay. For example, I had this one pen that I really liked, and it went missing from my backpack. I searched the whole room for it, even though I know it had been my bag. We all know that feeling, right? Our favorite pen. I know that feeling so well. Um, I finally gave up, and right before my roommate and I headed off for lunch, I said aloud, I'd really appreciate it if you could give me my pen back. And we both left and locked the door. When we came back about an hour later, the pen was sitting right in the center of my desk. Why does this also make me think there's just like a homeless person living above their room and just like coming down into their room and returning things? Or did I just watch a movie recently that was about that? I think you've just seen too much clickbait on the internet. (laughs) No, there was a whole movie about it. It's called like Frogging or something. Maybe maybe that term's wrong. I always just see the like creepypasta articles about people that like find out there's like a secret room in their house and they find a bunch of food wrappers and a sleeping bag and... Yeah, that's basically what this is about. I think that movie was made out of those posts, but... Okay. Anyway. um, So the pen was sitting right in the middle of us. Things like that happened several times, and we just got used to our ghost. Never felt freaked out by it at all, but it was annoying sometimes. We found a book, which was basically a pamphlet put together by some students. A few years later, the documented some less friendly things that happened in that room, and on that floor to students who were rude to the ghost. It made us glad that we were always friendly to her. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, there were several other stories about things that happened um, in main building, specific to room numbers. Oof. Like, this room number, um, there's one room number that's currently a, um, according to the website, an RA room. Oh, great. Um, and if you look into them, this room has its own fireplace. Oh. Right? And, like, it's a big room. Evidently, it was a one, at one point, it was a triple. Oh. So it's probably a big room. Evidently, no one wants to live there. So they made it the RA room. And they basically a, said, you have to live here. Because there's a mirror over the fireplace. And if you look into the mirror at the right angle, you'll see the ghost of a woman sitting in the corner of the room. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. That No, I love mirrors. I have mirrors all over my house now, but... Yep, that is main 220. No, I can't do that. No, no, no. Um, Let's see. Yeah, there's also a story of main 305 um, that has a similar ghost story. So just down to specific rooms, it kind of creeps me out. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't even, and I don't like 
telling specific rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Unless it's like older, older, older. Because mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to go find them. Well, and that's the thing is, I'm sure this building was built in the 1800, late 1800s. It's been remodeled who knows how many times. And who knows which rooms are which at this point. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's, those are just two of the many stories on Wells College. Or from Wells College. Wow, this really is a hodgepodge of an episode. It is, but that's what ghost stories are. They're a hodgepodge of things. And they're stories, and that's the cool thing, is we, mm-hmm. we figure out like all these different stories of people that have died, or like or weird legends, like the Peter Dr- Drugal? Dr- Dr- Google? Drum Goo? Dr- oh my god. Drum Ghoul. Drum Ghoul? Drum Ghoul. Google? But... Sorry, um, Bo really wants to be part of the podcast today. He does. He really wants attention for some reason. <laughs> well, he's dropping uh, his ear, which is like, look at me. Ugh, the dog. Um, but yeah, so ghost stories are hodgepodges. Like, it's little oh, pieces of it. tradition yeah. and lore from different places. And lots of oral history. <laughs> and lots of oral history. And lots of, this is what I heard, and this is what I experienced, and passing it down. Right, which is why mine didn't even have, like, fully connected ideas, because some of them were so contested. Yep. I don't know. I like it. I think it's fun. And we hope you think it's fun. So let's talk ghosties. Yeah. So if you have a hodgepodge of stories from your college campus. And it doesn't matter if it's long or you don't think it's very, like, interesting. I I find these stories really cool. Yeah. So let us know. Shoot us an email at creepycampuspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM us at creepycampuspod on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. So we will throw up some pics of our involving our stories this mm-hmm. week. And maybe a picture of Bo. And maybe a picture of Bo. Because I think Jeremy... <laughs> Spent a lot of time trying to get a picture. I didn't of even Bo. get a good one, but I got one. Okay, I'm gonna turn around. You're gonna be doing like a full-on photo shoot with him. Yeah. <laughs> but we hope you have a good Thanksgiving. Yes. Do well. You know, whatever your Thanksgiving can look like. Yeah. Do I have a safe Thanksgiving? Yeah. That that's my big a responsible concern. Thanksgiving. A safe and responsible Thanksgiving. I mean, this is the year you have an excuse to not put up with family members. Yeah. <laughs> But in any case, we just want to make sure people are being safe. Exactly. That, that's my biggest concern. Yep. Um, but yeah. So. I have nothing else to say. I do not. Goodbye. Either. Bye. <laughs>